Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Well, good evening to Breaking the Silence from the Live, uh, from the most awesome city in the world, Houston, Texas, and it's great to have you with us this evening. Uh, we have a great guest with us tonight, and we're going to bring him in here just in a minute. Uh, I think everybody's watching football in the background, so if you hear some screaming and yelling, if, if somebody throws something at the computer screen, it has nothing to do with the interview. We're trying to do about three things at one time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go Detroit Lions. Uh, I live right across the street from the NRG Stadium, which is right out here outside my window that I'm looking at. Uh, I sure wish the Texans were in there still, but they sure <laughs> had a good year, did they not? I, I was so yeah. proud of them uh, for even being uh, kind of the rookie uh, season for them in so many ways. But, boy, they came through with uh, – and something that's unusual for our Texans in the last few years, they came through with some integrity which uh, was really intact all the way to the very end. But it was a good season, a uh, season that we weren't expecting. But besides football tonight, we have an awesome program. And uh, the neat thing about uh, our program is that, yeah, football is going to happen. And, yeah, Super Bowl being in a week or two. Uh, but there's going to be another Super Bowl next year. Uh, there'll be another game, uh, another season. And sometimes we uh, run into things that happen in life that only happens – one time, and it can change your life forever. And I think those kind of life lessons uh, we're going to look at tonight. So I'm not degrading football because I, I'm very interested in the score, and I believe it's tied right now. Uh, very interested in the score and how the results of that is. But I'm more interested in what happens in our life and why it happens, and then how it impacts us. And I think sometimes the character that we are is how we take all of that fabric and weave it into our daily lives. Uh, do we ignore it? Do we need to learn those life lessons over and over and over until we know the right direction to go? Or do we open our eyes to what is important and realize that everything in our lives is not what I like to call happenstances. It's not just coincidences. I believe there's a lot of divine intervention in our lives, it causes us that, that should allow us to go, hey, wait, let me take a step back and think about this and breathe, uh, not ask maybe why is this happening, but what can I learn from what is happening and how can it build in me uh, a deeper uh, sense of character and life purpose? And I think that's uh, kind of what I've learned this week 
and want to share with you for just a couple minutes. You know, I believe sometimes, you know, life is not easy. It's rough. It's tough. Uh, it was never asked to be easy. It was never promised it would be easy. And no matter what role we're in, if we are a project manager like our guest, or if we are a CEO of one of the largest companies in the country, or if we work at Baylor College of Medicine like I do in Texas Children's Hospital, um, if you have a great job, that still doesn't mean that life's not going to be challenging. Tomorrow morning, we walk into the office, and it's the the things that blindside us uh, are the things that we aren't waiting to come into our life. But how do we handle that, I think, makes us who we are. And in that role, I have discovered that a lot of times I fail. And the only times that I believe I truly fail in life is when I fall down and I don't get back up. You know, I believe the scripture tells us that righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up another time. Uh, that, you know, that's indicating to me that I can keep being knocked down. But the importance of life's lesson is I got to have that strength and determination to get up and keep on keeping on. Uh, we can never give up until we give up that last breath. Um, another truth that I learned this week is that there's a lot in my life, and I am 60 years old, believe it or not. Uh, I believe it because there's a lot of uh, miles on this vehicle. I, I promise you that is there's a lot in this life that I have no clue, and I just don't know. Uh, but I want to open my eyes to what's happening in the future and what's happening now and what can I learn. And that's why I love the program that we have, is because I'm bringing in some of the best writers, uh, people that have been on life journeys that I haven't. And I want to lean in tonight to our guest to say, what can I learn from him? What can we uh, gather from the wisdom that he has learned from his own experiences, be in the uh, the United States Marines, um, which is something that I don't think I would ever have the stamina to do. Uh, but that's uh, something that I am honored that he is uh, a veteran. Uh, but those life lessons, things like that, and we can pull from that. So, you know, there's a lot that I don't know, but I need to keep learning. And when I stop learning, I think uh, I, I'm going to end up uh, dying. And another thought is that tomorrow's not promised to us. Um, no matter what condition of health you're in, you may be in absolutely perfect health. You may have your uh, muscles in the exact places they ought to be. Uh, you know, my muscles used to be now, you know, now they go down to my, my lower drawers and everything's kind of dropped to my belly, uh, the older I get. But, you know, it doesn't matter what health you are in because you may be in perfect health and get hit by the bus crossing the street because you just never know. Uh, there may not be a tomorrow. So I think it's important for us to be able to gather wisdom to be able to use for today. And I believe <clears throat> that the ultimate secret to be able to grow in life is finding something that's worth fighting for. And anything worth having is worth fighting for. A lot of people fight for a lot of different things, and it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. But when you can find something 
that you would put your life on the line for, what would that be? What would that one item be in your world that you'd say, I would put my life without question on the line? I believe I would do that for my family. I would do that, I I know, for a, a few friends of mine. And I believe I would do that for my country. Um, although I have not been asked to, two of my sons have been in the United States Army. My my youngest son right now is uh, running our Facebook page in Seattle in the United States Army. And I'm so proud of them for doing that. But just by signing up and taking that vow, uh, that pledge, they're putting their life on the line. And our guest tonight has put their life uh, on the line. And the Bible tells us uh, that there's some things worth fighting for. But the Bible also tells us there are a few things in life worth dying for. What would you die for? What would you put it all out there for? And uh, I think Patton, uh, General Patton said, uh, it's better for fight to fight for something than live for nothing. And I think that is a, a very true statement. So this week as you go into life, and you go into this week and you go into work, um, don't just punch a time clock and say, oh, it's another day, another dollar. Hopefully I, I break even at the end of the week. Try to find something that means something a little bit deeper in life. Watch those interactions that you have with people in your life. I don't believe that the people that's going to walk into your office, that's even going to be in the elevator with you riding up to your floor or riding down or even in the, the cafe cafeteria line next to you. I don't think any of those are accidents. Be aware of what's happening and connect with people and let them and learn from them and also shine along towards them to help them through their own life journey. Because I believe tonight, for instance, I'm going to have this guest that I'm literally going to be walking down the path for the next 45 minutes with. What can he learn from me and what can I learn from him? And all of us tonight, what can we learn from each other? And then add that to our arsenal of some of our own wisdom and knowledge and experience and be a little bit better, grow a little bit closer, uh, glorify God a little bit more and live a little more pure than what we would have. Um, that's kind of what was on my mind. Uh, nothing too uh, granular, nothing too uh, filled with gold nuggets, but at least that's what was going through my mind uh, th this weekend, and I wanted to share that with you. There's a couple ways to get involved in the program tonight with me and our guest. You can call in directly to the wonderful people of BBS Radio Station by dialing in an 888 number, so it's 888-627-6008, and you can talk right there to uh, TJ, and he will pat you immediately right into the program. And we'll try to bring you right in with your comment or your question. Uh, you can also get on Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page. And it looks like we're bright and, and shiny on there right now. I'm looking at it over there. I'm not watching the football game. I'm watching the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the Facebook page. And we're on there. So I believe that right now. I turned the football game off because I, I couldn't multitask. Um, but you can do there on uh, Shattered by the Darkness or 832-396-6525 will get you a uh, text me on my phone. And during our only commercial break, I will look down at the text. And if you have a question there, I'll be glad to share that with you uh, this evening. I want to tell you what, I get a chance 
to um, talk with some great authors. Um, I'm honored tonight and to have Doug with us this evening. And he goes by literally his pen name, which is Nikita's dad. And uh, we're just going to call him Doug. Uh, that's his first name, but you're going to find out his last name. We're going to find out why he has that pen name. But he has written a couple books. One that I have read uh, that I believe is his latest book, The Warrior Within. And we're going to bring him in. Doug, can you hear me tonight? We're gonna I, bring can hear him. Him. Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well on yourself. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. I'm doing great. And where are you located at, Doug? What state are you in? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. Awesome state. Okay, great. It's almost as nice as Texas, but we'll give you a little bit of credit. <laughs> North Carolina's wonderful. Great I to think have you have a little more tonight. humidity in the summer than we do, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. I tell you what, uh, we have our uh, little lizards out there doing setups in the, in the hot sun on the sidewalks every, every morning. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy out here. But... Um, I just want to welcome you to the program. A fantastic book, uh, Doug. What what enticed you uh, uh, to to write a book, uh, two books, and yeah. what inspired you to say, "Hey, I want to share that with the world"? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it, when I look back on it, there were several things that were happening. I really didn't know what was going on, I, but when I look back, I could put some puzzle pieces together, and it kind of brought things together. So. Um, in 2021, um, I had made the commitment to start getting into physical shape. Everything else was going well, but I needed to lose some weight, get physical, and make some changes around the house because, you know, we all have clutter. We have a lot of things that we keep and all that. So I started making progress. And I think one of our problems that we run into is we got to do it all at one time. We want that magic pill. But I, I just made a list and it's like, okay, let me try and focus on one thing at a time and knock it off my list. And through the course of the first several months, um, again, I felt like the universe, unbeknownst at the time, was putting pieces together that allowed me to let go of some hurt and anger, some pain that I had gone through. And that came to be around the 1st of May. Um, my former, mother, former mother-in-law and I had gone to uh, have a lunch. And we had talked, we continue to talk um, for I just and we'll have hour long conversations, et cetera. Um, unfortunately, my ex wife had passed away in 2017, uh, her daughter, her youngest daughter from cancer. And there was still some anger, some hurt between the two of us from the things that we had both gone through with her. And she had made a comment to me while we were eating, uh, like a late lunch, early dinner that she just wasn't able to bring this information forward about what it might've been that was troubling her or what had happened to her. And when I heard it at that time, I no longer felt the anger or the pain or hurt of having gone through the experiences. And I thought that was really an eye-opening experience. And earlier in the year, I had seen a video on YouTube of Molly Sandian and uh, she was singing the uh, song Husavik, my hometown from the Netflix movie, um, the Eurovision contest, uh, the story of Fire Saga. And I was remarked by her physical beauty um, and the language transition in the song. She sings English, but some of the chorus is in Icelandic. And I thought that was just a remarkable feat. So, and as your viewers probably know, when you look at a YouTube video, the algorithm start picking up on that and they start sending you things that you might enjoy. And then over the next couple of weeks, months, I had seen more music from her 
Um, and I was really impressed by the the vocals, the sound of her voice, et cetera. Um, and then she performed on the Oscars uh, late Oct- uh, April of 2021. And I had seen it, the Northern Lights in the background, and I was just amazed by it because I've always wanted to see the Northern Lights. So that really just, I'm like, that reminded me of really just the radiant beauty that I felt because she hit, her eyes just really shone for me. And then a couple of days later, I had seen her give an interview in Swedish, and I don't speak Swedish, I barely speak English. Um, she had given an interview about her story, and I didn't understand it, but I could tell by her body language and the confidence in her voice, the strength and the courage and the resolve that she showed in having her tell her own story rather than someone else uh, dictate it for her. And and she had to come out with a new album. It was in Swedish. I didn't understand it. But that interview, when I when I saw that strength from her, it reminded me and renewed a belief in me about the true character of people um, mm-hmm. at the heart of everything, that the strength and the courage and the resolve that a lot of people have in this. And it was at that time I decided to write her a letter. I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't know why. And then as I went through the letter and figured out why am I writing this? And then I finished it in like two days. And it was kind of my story, but how I was really inspired by what I had seen in her videos. And then I had to decide, well, do I want to mail it to her? It's not like she's going to get it. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to connect on Facebook, that kind of thing. But what would be the purpose in me mailing it to her? Well, to me, it was like I would write a prayer on a piece of paper that I've done in the years past. And I would go out in the backyard and I'd light it on fire, sending that prayer to the heavens. And it's more visualization than anything else. And the thing I don't have to worry about is wondering what if about stuff like that. So and it was really funny because I had gotten the message when I'd asked myself, and my guardian angels, I said, well, should I mail this? And I got the answer immediately. Um, mail it, you know, send it today. So that day I mailed it FedEx uh, that way. And to me, I felt that that was my ex-wife because her birthday would have been the following week. So I figured, well, if I mail it, maybe by next week, she'll have, maybe she'll get it because my ex-wife will throw some spiritual power behind it kind of a thing. But when I got that message to mail it, I knew there was something bigger at play here. And after I mailed that letter, that letter I looked at again and again and again, and I started writing my own story because one of the things that I had done with my ex-wife is I laid out everything on my table to her. And there was sometimes during our divorce that she would try and throw some stuff back at me and that was painful, but I didn't want to go through that again. So when I looked at writing my own story, I didn't think I would have the emotional strength to tell this to someone else but I wanted to be open, honest, and transparent and would just say, okay, here's my story, read it. And then if you have questions, let me know, I'll answer. And then over the course of time, with the pandemic still in full swing, I had been driving for Uber and I had told some family and some friends and even some of the strangers when we had talked and we're on our dri- I'm driving them someplace. And I would share some of the stories that I shared in the book and the lessons learned. And they had made a comment, you should write a book. Well, after hearing this several times, I'm like, okay, well, I'll publish this. I'll look at getting this published. And by the time I decided to, to look at getting that published, I was already writing my second book, Dear Molly. And when I wrote the first one, I felt like it was healing. It was therapeutic just to put that out there. And I acknowledged my own story. 
Now, I'm not recommending anybody write their story and publish it to the world. But I think you free yourself when you can at very least look in the mirror and be brutally honest with yourself about the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. Forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know until you lived through it. Um, and when you do these things, um, you're really becoming your best self um, when you can work through the things where people might want to criticize or take away from you. When you've acknowledged your story, nobody, nobody can harm you in that way because you are facing that mirror, that reflection. Um, and let that one person, if they want to criticize you, well, that's fine. That's on them. They haven't walked in your shoes. And there's no guarantee that they or anybody else would have made that same decision or decisions had they not walked the exact same path. So it was uh, it was really healing for me to do that. And when I started writing Dear Molly, it was about the inspiration. And when I look back on the events of 2021, that the pieces the universe had seen me putting together, there were several elements that were inspirational from the silly of uh, Yankee Candle had a scent of the year for 2020 that was called Awaken. And it was really just the scent that really tried to invigorate your mind and open more than your eyes. And that's what I felt when I would smell the candle. And then there were other little things. When I looked at the letter I wrote to Dear Molly and then seeing the video in January and then a couple of other things, I would look back on the pain of my divorce in 2012, 2013. And at that time is when Molly had put out an album uh, in English when she was in the United States. And the songs actually, if I had heard them 10 years ago, they wouldn't have resonated with me at that time. I needed the rock and roll, the passion, the anger to really move me forward. And I did that. But her songs on that album are now a reminder of to make sure that this never happens again. So when I looked at that, the people I had met and connected with, the stories that we shared, um, some of the events that had actually transpired throughout the year I wrote in the book, Dear Molly, that were also inspirational that I took from people. We gained information from each other. Um and they may share it with someone else. I like, this is, you know, we need to open more than our eyes to see these things. And you never know when a message is going to be meant for you or when you're going to be ready for it. And again, on page 134 of The Warrior Within, there's a black and white image. Um, I had actually hoped that they would put it in color, but it's an image on my dining room wall, which maybe I can show you here in a little bit. It may not be clear, but when I was frustrated with the divorce and what I was going through. I was like, what God, what did I do to deserve this? Where are my guardian angels? What am I supposed to learn from this? And as I had asked that question, I had turned and faced the dining room wall and I had seen an image right above the words live every moment on it. And for me, it looked like it was Jesus's picture from my group, my youth, the images of, uh, you know, we were growing up and we'd see it in church, etc. But you have to be at the right angle in the room and you have to have the light on in order to see it. And to me, I did, at the time, I may have seen it in the past, but it never resonated. So the universe works in these ways, preparing you to receive the messages that you need in order to move through the pain, the hurt, the suffering that you may have gone through. And again, people are going to ask why, what is the purpose for the pain? Well, there's a story I write about, I'm not sure if it's in The Warrior Within or if it's in the uh, Dear Molly, but it's about the caterpillar. 
And it was like the email chains of back in the 80s and 90s when email came out. And it's a gentleman, he sees a caterpillar trying to emerge from its cocoon as a butterfly, and he doesn't want to see it struggle, so he helps it out. Well, the caterpillar or the butterfly actually falls to the ground and dies about two hours later. That struggle is meant to force the body, the water in the body of the, the, the butterfly into its wings so it can fulfill the purpose of that God intended for it. And unfortunately, while we're going through the struggle and the pain, all we're focusing is on the pain. And if we can figure out, okay, I want the pain to stop, but let me see what I need to learn from this. You may be able to get through it quicker, but still learn the life lesson that comes from it. And that's where my healing journey of the warrior within and the stories that I share and what I went through in talking about all this that's what I came to realize. And I had talked before about it, but I started that process um, a little uh, about shy 18 years ago when uh, I found out someone that I loved and I should have married, but something was holding me back. I found out that she had died. And I said, I don't want to go through this. Why didn't I propose and marry her? And that's when I went through all this stuff in my past from my earliest memories at five or four or five years old to current day through my struggles. And I just acknowledged my story. That's all I had done. So that's that's how the book came to be, The Warrior Within. But I wanted to go a little bit further because of the environment, whether it's politics in our in our country, in the world. There are people that are going to profit off the division. So let's try and have a conversation outside of the noise of the media, maybe our prejudices, our bias. If we really want to solve these things, there's a way to do it. One, we've got to be brutally honest with ourselves, drop the uh, prejudices or preconceived ideas and ask the questions, how, why, how do we do this? And you may not always have the right answer. You may not even know you're asking the right question, but there's a way to do this. And this is why I wrote that is to maybe give somebody else help or hope to overcome something that they may be struggling through. And we can learn lessons. The Native Americans they are really vital on learning from elders. And we seem to have gotten away from that in our generationals. Doesn't mean that you're going to take that same advice, but your story, what you went through, I might be able to recall sometime that helped might me avoid something that I'm going through at this point in time. Or maybe it's somebody that I know, hey, so-and-so just tried this. Maybe you ought to look at this. And we need to try and do more of that uh, to really live the life that God intended for us, whatever that may be. Your life is different. Mine is. We're all on a different path. And that's fine. But we really need to try and do a better job of that. And the first thing is acknowledging our own story and then trying to share that with others. Yeah, and I tell you, Doug, I, I think you did a wonderful job with that. I, I got it backwards. I thought uh, Dear Molly was your first book, mm-hmm. but that's that's your second book. Yeah, Dear Molly was the, that's how I started the letter to her. So that's why I named the second one Dear Molly, because that started this whole process. Right. So yeah, they're kind of switched. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hear from Molly no. when you sent it? Did no, I, I really didn't have any expectations on that. Um, again, when you, when you look at having an expectation, uh, you're going to, you may be disappointed. Yeah, I would love to, but you know, she's on her own life. She, I think uh, she's in a relationship uh, she put out a new album. She's got a little baby boy now. 
Um, so I wish nothing but the best for anybody like that. Uh, the couple, the whole nine yards. It's really about the inspiration, not so much a fatuation. Right, so. right. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to take a commercial break. That was an unbelievable answer to your question. I mean, that, that took the whole first segment. I love that because I want to find out on the other side of this break, Doug, how do you, do you take pain and turn it into purpose? Because mm-hmm. I am writing a, a book right now. I'm doing the mind map on it of, you know, how, how to turn your pain into purpose. Yeah, and I want to know how do you take that uh, when we come back from a commercial break? How do you recognize and discover life lessons in the middle of the pain, or does it take a little bit of more uh, marinating in our brains before we can get that true lesson? And sometimes do we discover the wrong lesson uh, by jumping on it too quick? Oh, that must be the reason, and you move mm-hmm. forward instead yep. of letting it really be fulfilled through you. 888-627-6008. You can call in to the BBS radio station, and we will be right back after this about a minute and 20 seconds for the last segment uh, with the author, Warrior Within, and Dear Molly. You won't want to miss how to discover purpose in your pain. Hang with us. We're right back. HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years, and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. We have Doug with us, the the author of uh, Dear Molly and the Warrior Within. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking when she was uh, answering the first question that the first line, and don't don't you find it important, the first line of every book, you always wonder what that first sentence is going to be. The first sentence in my my second book, uh, I want to see what you think of this. I put, could it be? that life's most painful and traumatic experience that has ever happened to you is the very key to open the door of your destiny for the rest of your life. What do you think about that? That is a very, yeah, that's exactly it. You never know. Um, the, I mean, we can be our own worst enemy uh, in our own minds. We can allow our mind to play tricks with us and we can put ourselves in our own prison. And it's really only looking through that analysis. And maybe you need some help with talk to somebody, a professional that can help you break through um, something holding you back um, and realize that 
you made your own prison, you can break free from it. And in sharing your story and the pain that you went through, you might be able to be that lighthouse in someone else's storm. And you just never know where it's going to happen at. Um, and before they break, you know, you had mentioned about that pain. Um, I think a lot of things, you know, that hindsight being 2020, when we can look back, but it's only when we can look back without the hurt and the anger of a situation that maybe we see what was this meaning to teach us? Or was it just something stupid? You know, I hit my hand, my hand, my thumb with a hammer. Um, what was, well, the purpose was I wasn't paying attention kind of a thing. So you just never know. But if you're not willing to ask the questions, then you may not be willing to grow. And so if you're stuck, you're going to ask why, what do I, you know, and you're going to focus on what you want when you really should be focusing on what you need. And that's where a lot of people get lost in all of this. Right. Um, so that's, it kind of goes to that. And I, I like the idea with your book and again, sharing your story and your journey. It reminds me of something that has been recently on TV with Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the story that she went through. And um, can you imagine the pain and hurt that could have been avoided in her life, in your life, in my life, had we recognized something or someone else recognized something wrong going on and helped us or got us the help we needed to fix it, to get rid of it so that we help ourselves. Um, again, it, it's unfortunate that things take so long, but until we're uh, standing, kneeling before God, reviewing our life, we're not going to know really the purpose for that pain and what message we were going to be delivering for someone else, you know, where you see inspiration all over the place, whether it's the professional singers, actors, or that single mom or dad or that person that went through cancer treatment and overcame it. There's just so many inspirational stories um, that can allow us to heal ourselves or within, or maybe it's someone we know that could benefit from that story. So we just got to open up more than our eyes to see it. That's the thing. Was well, there anything in your life, Doug, that made you aware that was eye opening to, Hey, wait, that is the reason. That's the life lesson. Uh, did the military prepare you for that? Did life experiences prepare you for that? How did you finally realize, hey, wait, there is a a method to the madness, per se? Yeah. Because it took me 35 years to even recognize, to acknowledge that I had the pain. Yeah. And that's what caused more damage. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, there was a combination of several things. When I was... Um... Seventh, eighth grade, I had a dream about the Native American spirituality and feeling like there was a, a greater connection to, you know, uh, the creator that then my, my Catholic upbringing had done because I really didn't appreciate going to church until it was my choice to go. Um, the My military experience, again, the foundation of the Marine Corps is every individual, you're accountable and responsible for who you are. But you also have a team member. You know, whether or not you're in supply or you're in infantry, you're there for the betterment of the department, the team, the unit, the division, the regiment, the battalion, whatever it is, and the corps, and ultimately for your country. And if you're not doing your job, somebody else has to. And that aspect of being accountable and responsible is key element within Marine basic training. You learn the history and traditions just so you know them 
and what you're going to try and live up to. Um, there are some bad things that have happened in the Marine Corps, obviously, and we shouldn't be afraid of our of our American history. Doesn't like the kids today, you hear a lot of people talk about the books and they don't want the kids to feel bad. I would disagree. I don't want kids to feel bad because they did anything, but children are some of the best things because they know right from wrong. And if history or true history is really taught and they can recognize that what was done a uh, hundred years ago in Oklahoma city or what was done in the Osage uh, reservation. Um, I had just seen the movie killers of the flower moon last night. If they can recognize that this was wrong, they didn't do anything, but they know right from wrong. And then they're more apt at a young age to say what's right and wrong at a larger scale on that. And so from my Marine Corps training with accountability and responsibility and the job that I had taking care of others when it came to their payroll and their service record books and making sure that everything there was as good as it could be so they didn't have to worry about this, to my current role in project management, you have to take a problem or you take the problem, you break it down by the root causes, and then you come up with potential solutions for each one. And it can't have your, your personal religious views, your political views, your biases. You've got to really be clear and concise. And you have a team around you that you're all going towards this together. And that's part of it. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got during my days in the Marine Corps, I was stationed at um, Inspector Instructor Staff, um, Richmond, Virginia. And my first sergeant, I'd come to him with a problem. And he point blank told me, don't come to me with a problem unless you have a potential solution. I went back, thought about it a minute. I came right back to him and said, here's my potential solution. And though that advice has stuck with me throughout the remainder of my career and everything I do, it's not always been perfectly implemented because, you know, I'm not eating always the best. I've not done the right things when it comes to my health, but at the core foundation, I can be brutally honest and address those issues. And he actually took my solutions and implemented it throughout the rest of the staff and the reserve unit before they got, um, they were one of the reserve units that got called up for desert storm back in 91, 92. Uh, but by that time, the team that I had trained, the two individuals that were doing the job, they were well-versed on how to do the job. And the rest of the unit, the active duty Marines at the staff were basically putting the responsibility for the weekend responsibilities on the reserve shoulders. So they were better prepared going into a combat situation than they had ever been before. So they had done a great job on all that. When you, when you see that, like with your, your commanding officer, uh, don't come to me with the problem unless you have a potential solution. Do you believe that that's a key to life? Sometimes we have to face it honestly Yes, with the, the best that we have, because when we go into it half-heartedly and a mat and, you know, a mask, it seems like that's when it starts getting the, the black and white of life gets really gray and everything mm -hmm. gets muddied up. Yeah. You've really got to be brutally honest with a lot of things. You know, again, in our professional lives with, you know, uh, something that's going on with maybe the audio or the video or the feed or something like that. Well, you got to find out what the problem is and you can't really, lie about it because if you don't if you're going to lie about it the problem's not going to get solved your business is going to suffer and the same thing we have to treat ourselves that same way when you were talking at, at when the beginning about love you really have to love yourself the yeah. things that you would die for 
you really should love yourself or who you are or who you're trying to be, or at least moving in that direction. And again, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know until you live through it, but be brutally honest and at least acknowledge your story. If you need to talk to a professional therapist, psychiatrist, maybe a friend or a buddy say, I'm wondering, you know, what's your thought? Don't be afraid to, you know who you can trust. You I mean, um, sometimes that's a, a, a um, it's a test sometimes of who you can trust and who's going to throw it back in your face. But if you really want to resolve the problem, you've got to be honest with the reflection you see in the mirror. If yeah. you're not, you're never going to solve it because some part of it is always going to remain and it's going to acknowledge you. It's going to be some little irritation underneath your skin and you may have a problem down the road. And if, again, if you don't address it, that's going to be a problem down the road. So you're going to make mistakes, whether you're, 10, 20, 30, 50, 60, 70, 80, doesn't matter. We're all going to make mistakes. That's part of life. We're here to learn right. from. Um, it's when you make that mistake constantly and you know it's the wrong thing to do. Well, that's not really a mistake. That's a choice. So well, it seems like the people in today's world are are settling for mediocre. Yes. That, that you know, and I think isn't it amazing. Uh, I mean, you're you're a great author, but it seems like the ones that make the bestseller list that comes out are those Navy SEAL uh, people that, have, you know, was in a commanding officer of a Navy SEAL, uh, ex-Navy SEAL uh, uh, service uh, veteran. And, you know, they write all of these books about what they learn. Yeah. And it reminds me of that story. I, I believe it was Ronald Reagan where one of his uh, people on the cabinet brought him a report and handed it to President Reagan and President Reagan took it from him and said, is this, and said, okay, thank you. Next day, the guy came back and he, he handed it back and said, is this the best you could do? He takes it, comes back the following week, hands it to him. The next day, Ronald Reagan hands it to him and says, is this the best you can do? And he does that three times. And he finally said, yes, President Reagan, I have redone this three times. This is the absolute best I can do. And he said, okay, now I'll read it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we settle for, oh, I just want to get it done. It doesn't matter the quality. And, that, and we we miss what life's all about because we're living at that we're living at the good level when I think God expects us to live at the best yes. and we settle and I think Satan messes with us when we settle for good when we we overlook better and better all it takes is a little bit more effort. Yeah, we so people will use excuses along these lines. Um, it's a lazy in a sense and. Um, I was having a, again, in, in Dear Molly, I was driving an individual that I talk about. And we were just having a conversation and I have a, a dream catcher in my car and he had asked me if I was Native American. And I said, no, I said, I love the spirituality aspect. I said, because, you know, when you look at religion, and it's not all religion, it's really depending on the church. Religion can be politics. It can be divisive. It can be a lot of different things based on someone telling you what, who God should be, whereas spirituality is a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Religion was supposed to be that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, but it really became more about politics and divisive and control than anything else. But when he asked me about that, one of the things that we agreed on, one of the worst things that's ever come about in probably the last, I don't know what, in 30 years, participation trophies. And it's, no, if you want to be better, you have to work at it. And you can't take the easy way out or the lazy way out. You have to challenge what it is you think you know. Um, it's only going to make you stronger, whether it's your faith or belief or your thoughts or your equations 
or your coding or whatever it might be, you have to be willing to challenge what you think you know to reassure and Maybe you'll find something new. Maybe you'll find a different way. Maybe when he rewrote that, that three pages, because I remember that story about Ronald Reagan, that you found some errors or you found shortcuts or you found a better way to even say this. Those are the things that will really speak volumes on all this. And it really tests your metal. The strongest metal is the one that's been through the fire and yeah. then the water several times. And that's how we are tested, whether it's physically mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. And really, when it comes to spiritual, we shouldn't fear being tested by the devil. If you fear and you need laws because you don't think you're strong enough to withstand what the devil's influences are, then you need to work on your faith and become a little bit closer to that one-on-one relationship with the God that you believe in. Yeah, That is the, the metal that needs to be strengthened. And once you do that, once you have acknowledged your own story, your maybe your shortcomings and you work on them or you do these things, you're not going to be responding to the whims of other people. And that's what certain people who are divisive in this country, especially politicians and uh, people that are looking for your money, they want you emotionally upset so that you're not thinking. And everybody can probably relate a mistake you made when you were angry, you were yeah. hurt, you made a mistake. And because when we're emotional, we don't think too much, but we can, we can pull that back a little bit, take a deep breath and calm a little bit and think, what is this person really trying to do? What is their intent? You don't react, you respond. And that response will actually move you forward in a better path. Yeah, it's true. And I think a lot of people are passionate about so many things, but they need to remember that you can be passionately wrong. Yes. Uh, so making the right choice is not built on, like you said, emotion. Yeah. Uh, because emotions are often, often wrong. I, I believe Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross to save us from our sin, but mm-hmm. also to save us from religion. Yes. And uh, it, it's, it goes back to a relationship, like we said, and I think that's what it's all about. Yep. And you can make the wrong decision to get to the right place. I mean, <laughs> if yeah, you no. take four left turns or four right turns, you're going to be back on the right path eventually, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but we can't have, we can't be afraid to make mistakes. Right. Um, we're going to. That's part of our lesson and learning. Nobody's perfect. I mean, when you look at the life of Jesus Christ nowadays, and there are better people than I that know more about him, we seem to have lost what his teachings are, and people want to um, think they know. And they might, he might not be welcome in today's world. And so they have forgot, I think they've forgotten his true teachings. And that's unfortunate. That doesn't mean you got to be a pushover. Um, You know, as a Marine, when I look at things, um, yeah, I I believe all life is uh, vital and important. But sometimes, you know what, there's, there's a need for war. I hate the idea. I hate the concept. But sometimes there can only be a certain amount of peace that can be found on the other side of war. And, that's where we need to really try fight true evil. Um, when you look at the naked aggression from Russia invading Ukraine, um, when you look at what Hamas has done in Israel, not the Palestinian people so much, but the Hamas, that's true evil. And I even have a little bit of criticism of the current Israeli government, not the Israeli people, because I think the prime minister is intentionally doing the land grab to try and invo- provoke a situation. And I think he really needs to go. But what I find funny or sad about this is the United States can't uh, police Gaza, the West Bank. 
Israel cannot police Gaza or the West Bank. But why can't Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the uh, Lebanon and those countries that are right there create that police force and maybe the civil engineers to go into these areas and be the security forces for the Palestinian people to get rid of Hamas, get rid of the tunnels, and give the Palestinians the peace they need. They have a vested interest in this because the refugees are in their countries. But if they can give the Palestinians the strength of a good security force, help them create their own without terrorists coming in and terrorizing them, then perhaps there really can be peace in the Middle East with the two-state solution or however that works out. And it's not an overnight thing. It really is a... Uh, it's going to be a long time, but it's got to start somewhere. And I don't think they've ever tried that. Yeah, so point. I, I would re- actually recommend that to the administrations and everything else. But uh, and maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I do find it sad, like some of the youth in our country who are siding with Hamas. And it's like, you're really not informed. You're taking a lazy way out. You want to be angry about something to be angry about. And that's just wrong. Yeah. You're, you're part of the problem. Excellent point. Tell you what, Doug, we only got a minute or two. I, I wanted to ask you one question I did write sure. down after uh, reading your book. Uh, the Red Road. Can you can you describe what that is all about in about a minute? Uh, we've only got about a minute or two left. But what, what's the Red Road all about? Yeah, the, the Red Road is the Native Americans' belief that you're walking one-on-one with the Creator. It's their spiritual path. Um, yeah. And it's really about that relationship that you have with with God. Um, and we know God, is, you know, may have several different names, uh, Allah, Buddha. Again, I go by, you know, a little bit by the creator, but my Catholic upbringing. Um, and I joke I was raised Catholic, but I survived. Um, <laughs> I, it's really that one-on-one relationship with the creator and that path that you take. And again, you've got to be honest with yourself. Um, and because, again, God knows, let's face it, you're not when you're standing and kneeling before God and you're you're defending your life and the things you've said and you're done. You're not going to BS your way through this. There's no way through that. And I talk about it in The Warrior Within with the struggles that my ex-wife went went through when she came to see me after she died. And it took her about nine months to really come to terms with that as a spiritual being. But when I felt that, finally, I'm like, she's finally at peace. And she's been back a couple times here and there. But the Red Road is that spiritual one-on-one path relationship that you're going to have with God themselves. That's what it really is. I I've always heard that nobody dies an atheist. Yes, um, <laughs> because I think eventually they're going to they're going to know and need yeah. uh, that creator. Yep. Uh, excellent what's, point. What's great about you know what I've learned is you know this thing called life. Nobody's getting out of it alive. Um, yeah, the, the the statistics is one out of one die. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only, and the only thing you're taking with you is the love and light that you pack inside your heart. I don't care what your bank account says. I don't care what your house looks like. If you're going to be buried in a box, it's all going to look the same. Um, just because it's gold don't mean a, a damn thing. It's yeah. we're all, It's only what you pack with you in your heart and your the love and light in your heart that you are taking with you. And I think we are all spiritual beings on our human journey to learn life lessons. And it's in that hindsight that we do truly or hopefully we learn those lessons that allow us to come closer to what God intended for us. And that is to be closer to him as spiritual beings. 
That's correct. Tell you what, Doug, thank you for being with us tonight. I, I highly recommend The Warrior Within. When I get off tonight, I'm going to order Dear Molly. Are both these uh, just Kindle and audio? Uh, no, they're both. Paperback or hardback you can actually get? Yeah, they're both on, uh, they're both paperback and hardback, Amazon, okay. Barnes & Noble, uh, everything like that. Okay, yeah, I, I downloaded the Kindle of The uh, the Warrior Within. Excellent, excellent way to read it, too. And yep. it was a I, I immediately got it and started reading it, and uh, it, it was awesome. And, yep. and if I, you're, I'm going to read Dear Molly. Right, and again, if you if readers want to go to my website, nickysdad.com, you can live, uh, look on the um, one of the pages, Live Every Moment, and you'll see the image I'm talking about. It's in color, and hopefully they can see the image. And again, it's on page 134 of The Warrior Within. Unfortunately, in the audio, uh, they don't, they can't describe the picture. All right. you'll hear is Live Every Moment, but it's on my website. The picture is, and it's in the book. Uh, on the website, it's in color. In the book, it's in black and white. And Nikki's dad is N-I-T-K-I apostrophe S dad, yes. right? Yeah, right. That's, the, that's, that's my pen name. And I use that so people will focus on the message, not the messenger. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Well, Doug, people thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate your time and your effort. Thank you. Yeah. And if you ever want to come back, you got another book in here. We can talk about the, the, the rest of the story because I have about eight more questions I wanted to ask you. I didn't even get to. But I'd love to have you come back sometime. We'll just uh, chew the fat. Hopefully it won't be on a night that there's a football game going. Nope, not a problem. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. God bless you. Thank you. Thank God Thank bless you. you too. Thanks. Like we do each and every week, I always like to close the program with letting you know no matter what life has handed you, no matter where you are on that journey of life, no matter what kind of battle you're dealing with or no matter what you're going to face tomorrow morning when you get to the office or sometime this evening if the phone rings with some news, I always want to let you know there's hope. There's always, always hope. Dig deep, dig in, hang on, and don't give up and trust in that hope. And you don't have to do this alone. Join us right here next week for another edition from live from Houston, Texas of Breaking the Silence. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at Shattered by the darkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station One for the next episode of Breaking the Silence.